Hi, this is Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. And it is currently 6.20 a.m. in Arizona because I am on an international call with Valentina Carlini. She lives in uh, the Italian-speaking part of Switzerland, which we're, of course, going to get into. And uh, she's also a brilliant uh, former student of mine, but in her own right, a brilliant person who, uh, after high school, began to study medicine in Geneva, but then decided to study the classics in Zurich. But her heart and passion is in learning and also dancing. So we'll try to get into all of that. But in case I made any mistakes, Valentina, do you want to correct me on any of that? <laughs> hi hi mike thank you for having me hi and um yes actually i'm currently living in Zurich. i left the italian speaking part of switzerland but yes awesome the rest is correct may i add the drawing like uh to my passions <laughs> yes and speaking of talents how many languages do you speak uh song is italian and then uh, i would say my second language is german since I'm living in the German-speaking part of Switzerland, followed by Spanish, French, a little bit of English, and then uh, I like to I like to mention Latin and ancient Greek, even though yeah, I don't really speak them. <laughs> so we're at like I think seven or eight, you said, and then also, do you speak that weird fourth language of Switzerland that no one's ever heard of, but I know because I was a teacher? <laughs> I don't I don't speak it, but I kind of understand it it's um it's um interesting mix of the other languages so since i do speak a little bit of the other ones i i i get the the most of the most of the language as well but i don't speak it like actively i understand it is it called romance am i remembering right yeah okay yeah so i mean just for the context for the audience i taught you for what like a month about or was it two months Mm, yeah probably one month yeah one month that's okay and uh in san francisco california where you came to study and refine uh some of your english and as i've said to everyone i've ever met uh all swiss people are very like humble and they say they're bad at english but they're like as good as we are and it's hilarious yeah so we always ask our guests um how old are you where did you grow up which i kind of went over but you can be more specific and then also what generation if any do you feel you are a member of um so i am 33 I was born in the Italian-speaking part of Switzerland. I moved when I was 17, 18 to, to Italy, then to Geneva, as you mentioned, and then uh, to the German-speaking part of Zurich, uh, where I'm currently living. And uh, I, I guess I'm a millennial. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not particularly like proud of, but I don't know why. It's just, okay. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of baggage with all these terms, you know, like Gen X, yes. Millennial, uh, Baby Boomer. Yeah, there's a lot of weird. It's also like the Internet. The Internet just likes to turn everything negative, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, we're, we're not very like, I don't know how to say positively described by this. Yeah media and stuff the millennials we are kind of a weird group yeah yeah i want to start with just kind of like the culture part of the show so what's it like to be from switzerland and more specifically i know like the majority of switzerland is a french or german speaking area so you're kind of from like the quote-unquote minority area is that true and what's that like yes totally um it's well, to us, it's it's normal actually, but um, I know it's a, it's um, difficult, or it's difficult to imagine for, especially for Americans probably because you're a big big country, you know. But you all speak English. You have kind of the same traditions, more or less. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
but you share a lot more than than us in a small small country you know in the middle of europe and uh, correct the the most the biggest part um and the majority are um is the german speaking part so uh, most people speak german actually swiss german which is i will call it a dialect here but please don't don't send this podcast to any swiss <laughs> person because they will be very offended it's their really native uh, mother tongue actually uh, so it's very bad to call it a dialect but yeah um and then there is the french part and the italian part is really the the, the little <laughs> minority there in the south um most people don't know about us uh, it's slightly more uh known that romance but not really and it's um, it's a weird feeling because well my dad is from italy so i'm really 50 50 but um yeah we don't as swiss people we we come together for uh things like national day or football or this kind of stuff that we're swiss but then but then again well we're not italians and we're not swiss or it, it really depends probably who you're the person you're talking with is from then then you change you slightly you know it, identity is very is very to to understand our identity i i i would I think of myself as Swiss, but then again, I see I see German like Swiss Germans, and I think no, I'm not like that really. <laughs> or <laughs> well, what about like uh, this is kind of random, but if you're like talking at a like a seminar and it's just like you know a bunch of Swiss people, do people like instantly kind of like cock their head and look at you and go, oh, you're from the Italian part? Like, is it like noticeable? Yes, because I have Latin vibe, they call it, or there's. Uh, Southern, Southern. Well, you hear the accent, and um, and I mean the looks as well are different. I really look like a an Italian girl or Spanish, something like that, and it's very exotic to them. <laughs> uh, whereas to me, they all look like, well, yes, you know, tall and blonde, and like stereotyping a little bit. But I would say they are Germans. But then again, you're not allowed to say that. You're not supposed to say that. Um, we are very sensitive about this, like about adjectives in general and yeah, <laughs> identity. It's interesting though. <laughs> well, and speaking of identity, you alluded to it in the, in the introduction, but, um, you're like really into the classics and I know that's like a very broad term, but you're kind of into like all of it and you're into like a lot of what, uh, we love over here cause we don't have it, which is like the kind of the Renaissance culture. And I'm curious, uh, cause I do want to segue this into like your philosophy on life and death and kind of existential questions. So have you always had that passion? Like, do you feel like it's kind of a, not peculiar in a negative way, but just kind of like a fun quirk of your personality? Yes, I think so. I, I remember reading books about, well, the fir very first one that I read was about actually uh, Middle East, I think, and this, uh, I, I was completely fascinate, fascinated by this story. And uh, it was about a boy, I think he was living in ancient Egypt. And so, I don't know, but uh, trade people writing down on these um, ceramic things, you know, and, uh, and he was like, oh, what's that? And they, they told him, like, oh, it's, it's uh, language, it's writing. And so somehow he managed to move and read and, and learn how to read and, and, and write. And it was the most fascinating, fascinating thing to me. And I was about eight. And then 
in middle school, my history teacher um, was giving also Latin for those who wanted, like, you know, like these unfortunate uh, hours in the evening or um, during lunch break. <laughs> um, but I really loved him. So I went to Latin class. And from the very beginning, I, I thought, oh, this is what I want to learn and do and so it was clear to me that i would study latin and, and ancient greek and the classics in general so yeah with a detour in medicines and then uh, but after a quarter i was like no thank you <laughs> it's okay well actually i mean because a lot of our friendship is based on like mutual support and like um you've helped me a lot with a lot of my issues with losing my son the way i did um, which for those of you who are just checking in for the first time, he's not deceased or anything. I just don't have strong contact with him. And then I feel like I've tried to help you. I'm not saying I have helped, but with like career decisions, because that seems to even in that answer be something kind of that you're trying to nail down. So I'm curious, like culturally and personally speaking for yourself, how much of like your career is your identity? Like how important is that to you in like a truly like spiritual sense? Mm -hmm. So first of all, yes, you have helped me and I'm most thankful and um i hope i uh, i've had you as well <laughs> oh so much thank you so much about the question um well career of course it would be the best to have a career that matches or where i can really cultivate one of my passions but it doesn't need to be the most important thing but um, for, because unfortunately my passions don't really pay rent so and i'm i'm aware of that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I'm I'm fine with that. Um, I'm, I'm if I, it doesn't need, it, it it's in school at the moment. It's not about uh, there is nothing to do with Latin or ancient Greek, but it's it, it it's how to say um, it it allows me to well to 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 uh, take dance classes or. Um, pay the rent of my little um, atelier where I can do my art. And uh, and it's at school and I see a meaning in that, in education in general. So, and that's the most, I think for now, it's, it's, it's good like that. And um, I will be happy even though I don't have, I will never have a career as a dancer. It's, it's okay, you know, but uh, as far as it's not um, boring me out or... Yeah, it's it must be meaningful somehow, even though it's not one of my big passions. Doesn't doesn't really matter. Yes, I needed to to find um, a compromise. That's great, actually. I mean, I think that's the exact right balance. So, with all that said, um, you know, the big meaty question we always ask is, "What do you think happens when you die?" So, I'm I'm curious. Um, what do you think happens when you die? And I, I often ask it this way too: Has that changed throughout your life or not? Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Mm, well, I've been, I have very early memories of myself thinking about death as a child, which might, might sound creepy, but <laughs> no, I remember one of my very first memories is that I was, um, almost sleeping, I was in bed already, and then I started crying, crying, and my mom came up to me and she was like, "What ha what's happening?" It was like, "Oh, you know, I, I was thinking that grandma will die soon." I was like, and it wasn't true, but I couldn't really cope. I I did know kind of that it was going to happen, and then, uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't know how to cope with that. 
and um, and then later on, I was the first time I moved. When I moved out first in uh, from home, I had probably six months of anxiety, panic attacks in in the night. Like, oh my god, I am going to die, <laughs> and I couldn't cope with that. It was a really like, but I also had nice experiences. Um, for instance, after right after a concert, it was uh, Mozart's Requiem, uh, where I thought. I could die now. Happily. It was so beautiful. It was so like my soul was kind of ready to go. I was like, if ever, please now and please please like that. Like in this kind of, you know, like it, it was a feeling of fulfillment really. I didn't do anything, just sat down and listened to the music, but it was so beautiful that I found myself like happy and I thought it's okay. I could go now. Um, and now what I really think it happens, well, it's nothing. Well, you, you just die. And then, uh, your, your, how to say cells or atoms or whatever we are made of just is reused in nature, like nothing special. And, um, and I will see about the soul or the spirit or whatever, you know, I, I, I will see, Probably nothing. I, my my idea right now is that, well, we just dissolve kind of, and and nothing happens, and we are reused in nature in some way, and it's okay if I don't know exactly how right now. But if I have a soul and the soul lives on, well, cool. Like, <laughs> um, I'm curious to see it ever, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. But if it's not, I just hope that I will be, that it will, it will be in a time where I feel that kind of fulfillment or, or joy or, you know, and, and also, yeah, happiness, but it's a very like quiet happiness. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm ready to go. It's okay. Bye. <laughs> it was a pleasure. And yeah, yeah, nothing, no, no drama, no big, no big deal kind of part of life. And that's it. That was a very beautiful and profound answer. And I think the reason for me it's profound is that it ties into like this thing about like art and like the fact that there was this maniac named Mozart who composed uh, like so many pieces. And one of them, the Requiem that you listen to, like penetrates a part of you that you can't point to, feel or touch or offer to someone. But yet you use the word soul. I use the word soul. I mean, even like the strictest atheists I know still kind of flirt around the concept of the soul. So I am curious, like, because, you know, we talk a lot about in society, like entertainment and then also art and people like separate the two. Do you draw a line between the two and do you care? And, and what are kind of your thoughts on that entertainment versus art? It's a good question. Um, I think art is, well, always entertaining somehow on a deeper level, probably not every kind of entertainment is art. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, um, I'm okay with with both. Like sometimes I just need my Netflix time, and it's entertaining. It's not really art, but it's okay. Like my my, you know. Um, but like to die watching Netflix, for instance. You know what I mean? But <laughs> during the Mozart concert, yes, please. That that's the kind of art. Yeah, uh, I think art it's deeper. I would say I don't I don't really. They they have parts that in common, but then I see in art kind of more value, probably a deeper value. 
uh, I cannot explain to you exactly why or how now, but uh, it's not forever. It's very in the moment and it helps you maybe, you know, forget bad things or something about like, like for the next two hours and then you feel better, but that's it. Art changes you and it, it's kind of forever. Actually, that kind of segues well into my next question, which is you're really into dancing. You always have been, at least as long as I've known you. And I've, I've seen some clips and stuff and you're very talented and you do a lot of different forms. I'm curious, like, does watching dance affect you the same way as being the dancer or are the two different? And can you kind of explain, like, what is it like to both watch dance but know how to dance and then also to be the dancer and be doing the dancing? Watching the dance, well, I'm, I'm really, I, I appreciate the dance and it's beautiful. What I do is not as beautiful. So, uh, but um, valuing that, well, of course, and, and it, it really helps me to, when I dance now, um, it helps me to, how to say, it's, it, it's created a really good relationship with my body, which I didn't have. I haven't had for a very long time. I have been, I was the, you know, the smart girl, but the very like loser smart girl, not into fashion, not the fashion, like, you know, like not, not the cool one. So if you're the smart one, you think, who said that uh, there is a TED talk where the, the, the speaker says something like, you know, academic people, people at university think that their body is just a way to, to carry the, the head around, the brain around or something. And that was my, my, it's Ken Robinson. He says that. Uh, <laughs> and it's a very funny image. And I can relate to that because it was me <laughs> before dancing. And it's not a very healthy way to live life because the body is as important. And, uh, and so the dancing helps me a lot with that, with that connection with my own body. And, the, and it helps the, the, the brain as well, the, the, the head, because you need to focus but you're in a very different mental space than when you're working or studying. Like you need focus, but you're not working. It's it's a very nice feeling for me, you know. Like because I don't know, I don't like to sit down and do nothing. I'm not I'm not able. And dancing is very good because I'm moving. The body is working great, and uh, but the 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 brain the, the 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 spirit whatever is working as well but in a very creative way in a very different way in a different um space so that's that's different when i watch people dancing well of course i know how difficult it is so i'm more appreciative like i really appreciate the effort because i know how damn difficult it is to produce they, they make they make it look easy but uh but then the feeling is that these like Mozart concert feeling kind of oh how how can human beings create something so beautiful it's art it's like looking at a painting or something it's the same feeling when I watch someone dancing yeah wow yeah see that's so cool because I I do appreciate dancing I'm also terrified of it I think I'm clumsy like you know I have all the usual like cliche responses that a lot of people have but no matter what I know that when I see it it is art and then also when I do let go, which is what you just described, I love it. And then in your answer, you, you brought up like one of my favorite topics. You talked about your mind, which is like an intellectual force to be reckoned with. But also it has this side where it's like on the spot being creative with the body. And then you've also talked about the soul. So I'm curious, is there a hierarchy like soul, mind, body, body, mind, soul? Or do you think all three are equal? Like how do you view these three components of a human life? 
Mm-hmm. No, I think they're equal, really, and working together. And if one is not functioning properly, it affects the whole. And uh, of course, they have the incredible ability to, how to say, stand up for each other. So um, what I mean is if you have, for instance, an accident, imagine I, I have an accident, I cannot dance anymore. Probably that part that is missing, which is the body, if you like, would be, you know, something in the soul or the mind will come up with some idea or something like more energy to cover, um, to cover up for the body. Um, so, or sometimes the mind doesn't work. Personally, I don't know if I'm really stressed out or something. Well, I will book an extra dance class or go for a run or something. So the body works a little more and gives the mind a little bit of a rest, you know? And so they, they need in, in the, ideally they would work, um, do the work 33.3333% of the, you know, um, and, and function like that. But probably in life there is this, probably it works in, um, it doesn't work like that. It works. It's more, uh, flexible than that you know so sometimes uh, the body takes over sometimes the mind and uh, it's about balance I wouldn't say the one is more important than the other really and it's a new thing because a few years ago I would have answered very differently I would I would have told to, uh, told you that the mind is the most important one and then the spirit and then the body but I, I changed my mind well yeah let's talk about that what is it like to be aging because um this is one of my favorite parts of being friends with people of different ages is like i'm 41 now you're 33 so i've quote unquote been there i mean obviously i'm not that condescending and pedantic like i mean that's silly to say but i am curious like you just said the statement of all statements, which is like, oh, yeah, I would have answered this differently, but now I answer it this way. So how does it feel to be at this stage now? And, and do you think you're going to be saying the same thing in 10, 20, 30 years? Probably not, but probably it will be not that different. Like, uh, I'm, I'm tell- I'm, I've answered today now, um, really the opposite, almost, you know, and I guess in 10 years, the answer will be different, but not that different. <laughs> and uh I, I feel the gap between what I am and what I would like to be or something that is closing up. It will never close, probably, and I will never be 100% satisfied and happy and, uh, and tell you, oh, now I'm perfect. But um, also because I'm changing every day. So today is like that and tomorrow is something else. But uh, in general, I felt, I've always felt as a child, as a teenager, and until I was, I think, 26, 27, that I wasn't in the right age. Like, my real age was not my proper age. Like, and now I'm 33. I'm like, okay, no, I'm 33 and I feel 33. It's okay. Like, so I'm really fine with that. Um, I really wanted to grow up, quit, like grow, grow up quickly when I was a child. I, I like to sit with adults. I wanted to have adult conversations and I was not supposed to when I was sitting on the children table uh, talking about things that I didn't care about. And uh, I was the kind of child. So now I'm sitting on the adult table and I really like it and I like the conversation. And um, the only thing is uh, uh, if I had um had the chance to start with the dancing when I was younger now it would be much better but that's the only thing where I think oh come on body don't 
don't give up yet. I need a few more years to practice the dancing. But yeah, that's the only the only thing that I don't well, I don't like. No, I'm I'm happy that I discovered this in my thirties. So I'm still able to give it a shot, you know, and give it a try, give it a go. And uh, yeah, but the soul is very happy now. Like I'm 33, I feel 33 and it's cool. Like, yeah, I wouldn't go back for anything in the world, really. That's so cool. Yeah. And I love like your statement that, you know, you're, you feel like you're finally at the right age. Cause I do totally embrace that feeling. And it's, it's been a long time now that I felt that way. So like, I felt, I, I think I was actually a little older than you when I first started to feel it, but yeah, like 35, 36, and then it still is strong now. So that's cool. And that's really cool that you got there. So I am curious, what is something you see from the other side of the same culture? So we're both part of this quote, Western civilization. What are your observations? I would say two observations. The first one is you, it, it, it might be useful to really learn foreign languages <laughs> and have more books and, and uh, foreign literature in your bookstores. <laughs> because when I was in San, in San Francisco, it really hit me that you don't have foreign literature in the bookshops. Like I was looking for some French book or, or something and, and the lady there looked gave me a look like... Um, word and he told me no she told me to go to university and, and ask there in the french department <laughs> foreign languages it it, it opens up it opens up words re really and uh, helps a lot and nurtures the soul <laughs> and the second one it would be probably you know it's it's okay that it's not okay sometimes i think that my 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 I, I, it was very very interesting for me to be in San Francisco uh, those that month, those two months, because the culture is very different. You, you, the, the, I, I was sitting in class and I remember in this programming course class and they would, and everything was awesome and amazing and, I, and everything that I was doing was a great job. And it's, it was almost offensive to me because it wasn't. I was learning. And I was thinking, why is this lady so kind to me? Why is she so supportive all the time? Like, you're doing a great job. And I'm like, no, it's stupid, weird line of codes, like super basic. And for me, like the culture where I am from doesn't work like that. We, we are not like pushed that much all the time. It's like, if you, if you make a mistake, it's just a mistake. Get over it. It is what it is and it's okay. And uh, sometimes I, I had the feeling that in America, you react a little bit differently to mistakes, for instance, or when, you know, something bad happens or you don't feel like it, it's, it's okay. Like, you don't need a motivational speech all the time, or I don't. Um, but it's what you get, usually. And here it's more like, oh, well, <laughs> like, cope with it, or... How does my dance teacher say, suck it up? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> That's hilarious. So your dance teacher, wait, in what language does your dance teacher say suck it up? In English or in a different language? Yeah, so no, he, he's, he, he, we speak English because he, he doesn't speak German yet. Yeah, no, it's, and it's hilarious. Last night I was watching an old um, American movie called Good Morning Vietnam. It's from 1988, but it's about the 60s. And uh, he was teaching ESL to Vietnamese people in Vietnam. And the first day of lessons, he basically just says, 
what? Why would you learn, like, please hand me the cheese? That's so stupid. He's like, you got to learn to say things like, you know, this sucks. And like, so it's just hilarious. I always give my guests the chance to kind of say whatever they want. So I know I asked you specifically to talk about America and stuff, which thank you, by the way. But I do want to end with like an upbeat, you know, what what would you like to say to the world? So uh, probably stop for for just 10 minutes and be alone. Everyone be alone. 10 minutes and and I don't know do whatever you want but alone <laughs> that would be my my best advice at the moment because I'm you won't be alone actually and it's something that I that I um, learned especially well it's my nature but then I found it in in Latin literature as well there is a quote like I've, I'm never uh, less alone than when I'm alone I'm never less busy than when I'm not busy or something like that. <laughs> and it's um, active leisure, you know, like take your time and be alone. That that would be, I think it would be a better, the world would be a better place if everyone would try to be alone 10 minutes, sometimes really alone. Wow. That's really cool. That was a very unexpected and very awesome answer. And I'm going to really think about that in the future. Valentina Carlini from quote unquote Southern Switzerland, the Italian speaking part. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. You're like a quotable machine. And I always take little notes as I listen because it helps me focus and also because they're inspirational. So thank you for all of that. And thank you to our audience for always checking in. And uh, as we always tell you, the best way to support the show is just to sign up at MikeyOp.com to the uh, weekly essay that comes along with the podcast and other than that i got nothing much else to say to anyone so thank you again val and to our audience we will see you soon